You know, I shared this this audio a little bit earlier of Jerome Powell. He's the, the chairman of the Federal Reserve. Just undercutting the, the radical nature of this claim that inflation only exists because of the war in Ukraine. Given how inflation has escalated over the past 18 months, would you say that the war in Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? No, inflation was high before, certainly before the uh, war in Ukraine broke out. That is absolutely correct. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. That is a fact. That's all. I think it would be silly to say uh, that what we have uh, been dealing with uh, in terms of Ukraine hasn't had some effect on markets. Fertilizer and and, and uh, a series of, of other things. But it's not like the, the lack of exportation of grain has somehow made it impossible in the United States to get grain. We've discussed this in depth that you, we grow a lot of wheat. We're all right. But inflation came prior. But the administration has been stuck on this story, this lie told to America. Jennifer Granholm is the Secretary of Energy and a bad one at that. And she once again asked about the economy, blamed it on Ukraine, and then was confronted with this statement. Framed uh, this war in Ukraine as the primary driver of the spikes in energy costs that's the largest contributor to overall inflation. But uh, the Fed chairman was on the Hill today, testified, he was asked a question, is the war the primary driver of inflation? And his answer was no. How do you square that? Is he wrong? I, I didn't hear what he said on that, but I think most people acknowledge that the price of fuel is a big driver of inflation. And in fact, they've put large percentages on it. And so we know that the, the war in Ukraine, having driven up the price of fuel because it, it crimps supply. It's a total supply and demand question. We've got to make up for the million barrels per day that have lost. We're, we will have a demand problem when China opens up after COVID. There will be additional upward pressure on supply. This is why we need, not just in the U.S., but we need globally more supply brought on board. And uh, so... Uh, his, his full quote was, no, inflation was high before, certainly before the war in Ukraine broke out. Well, I think... Um, most would say that the price of fuel has exacerbated inflation. It's embarrassing! It really is. I mean, most would say the, the Fed chair just told you it's not due to Ukraine. And you're, and you're still holding on to that. That's... That's just silly. That is that is such purposeful in its in it, in its hate and 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 purposely deceptive, unnecessary. Yet here we are again with the Biden administration flat out lying because they don't want to deal with the reality. They don't have an energy policy, and they're okay with not having an energy policy. 
When you don't have an energy policy and you're not looking to utilize the energy we have underfoot to put into the world market if you want to discuss it that way. Therefore, more supply means a lower cost if we're now going to be all of a sudden cool with supply and demand and capitalism and whatnot. When you're not willing to participate to the point where you're begging OPEC to do more, where you're looking to figure out how you can get oil from Venezuela, these communists who have their people eating pigeons. You don't have a policy. And therefore, it is your lack of policy that can clearly and easily be blamed. Jerome Powell got asked another question. This from Representative Rose uh, of Tennessee. Wanting to know, hey, um, canceling student loan debt, inflationary? Canceling federal student loan debt held by Americans could increase the inflation rate as much as a half a percentage point and would add $1.6 trillion to the national debt. This estimate notably also did not incorporate the possible effect that student loan, uh, student debt cancellation would have on increased college tuition prices. Chair Powell, has the Fed done any analysis on the inflationary impact of these proposals to forgive student loans being actively considered by congressional Democrats in the administration? Not that I know of. You know, we would look to CBO and... Um legislation we we tend to start to put it in our um, in our our models of the economy um when we think there's really really likely uh likely going to be legislation generally though would you expect forgiving 1.6 trillion in debt whether it's student loan debt or credit card debt to have a, an inflationary impact well i again i'm gonna i'm gonna leave that to cbo to score and also the congressional uh, the um Office of Management and Budget, we, do, we just routinely just do not score proposed congressional proposals. It would get us involved in political things, and, you know, why would we be independent then? So we... we to, to, to All right. All right. Uh, don't, 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 don't get involved. Don't get involved. You don't want, you don't want to uh, state what's going to happen uh, if, if you forgive that stuff? Sure. Sure. Uh, I, I believe the argument is it will keep more cash in the system and there still won't be enough things to buy and therefore inflation increases. I think based on what I've heard from the economists over the past couple weeks and couple months, that's how we play our game. They don't want to score it. Don't worry. Other people will. And I can appreciate the position that Jerome Powell is in. Jerome Powell's in a screwed up position. He's, they, they only have two abilities in the Fed, raise interest rates or lower interest rates. They can't stop the spending. Now they could be opposed to printing, <laughs> but if, if, if uh, the federal government says, hey, we print, what, what, what do you want them, honestly, what do you want them to do? That's the question. But this isn't the thing that has been uh, on my mind. The thing that's been on my mind since yesterday, I, I appeared on a, News Nation uh, discussing the FDA making the move against Juul. Now, understand what we're discussing here is the Fe Food and Drug Administration specifically against a company, not against e-cigarettes. E-cigarettes remain, but Juul has been told you're no longer allowed to sell products in the United States. They have blocked... Uh, Jules application 
They engaged a two-year review of their application to sell vaping devices and tobacco and menthol-flavored pods. Two years. You want to know how abusive the agency class is? That's how abusive the agency class is. The FDA has been told, or the FDA told the company, you can't sell here. The idea that Juul, which was at one time the market leader, there was a time that Altria, a major, major uh, tobacco company, bought 35% of Juul for $12.5 billion. That was 2018. Today, that $12.5 billion is worth $1.6 billion. Sounds like Bitcoin. No. <laughs> you're, you're going to hell. I, I'm no expert, but I'm pretty sure that's a loss. That's a loss because they've lost market share. They've also been sued. They are the ones who are accused of of making vaping attractive to kids. Now, if they were marketing to children, I agree that's a problem. I oppose the marketing of any uh, tobacco or nicotine product to kids. Without question, I oppose this. And I get very, very concerned about these things because of how it connects to cigars. You guys know I host Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's the largest cigar and bourbon radio, uh, terrestrial radio program of its kind in the country. We're growing. We're building. I'm a supporter of the industry, of the premium cigar industry, of this art form, as I see it, that engages third world trade, that is with mom, utilizes and, and, and uh, builds mom and pop businesses across the country. And it's something that is engaged in by adults. There's also, uh, while you can argue the nicotine conversation, Right, So the, the Biden administration wants to have nicotine reduced or eliminated from cigarettes. Uh, you can argue nicotine in cigars, but you also are not dealing with an inhaled product. So the idea that the cigar has nicotine is different than how it affects the body with nicotine. Just like the cigar is not an inhaled product. So therefore, the health effects are much, much different than that of a cigarette. The, the FDA, in their own study, that was, was it 2016... You can go to heartland.org and actually find it. Um, one to two cigars a day, nil health effects. They may actually write it as near nil, means zero health effects. The premium cigar, I, w- I wouldn't argue it as health food. I, I'm not making that claim, but it is not cigarettes and it is not vaping. Now, we should be clear, I'm fine with vaping. Many people move to vaping to get off of cigarettes and uh, other issues there, carcinogens, uh, additives, etc. In 2020, 2018 or 2020, it was the FDA that said you cannot have flavored e-cigarettes. And I said, this is wrong. They said, well, it's too attractive to kids. And I said, if some grandma out there wants a little bit of blueberry to, 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 to vape, she should be allowed to. Just because you claim kids, kids, kids doesn't mean you take away the rights of adults, of law-abiding citizens. You just don't do it. And of course the FDA is wrong in this. But if you're marketing to kids, you should expect to get punched. You should expect your business to get slapped. That's going to happen. The former FDA director, a guy I'm not a fan of, Scott Gottlieb, was on a CNBC discussing this issue levels of nicotine. The plan that we announced in the summer of 2017 was to reduce the level of nicotine in combustible cigarettes to minimally or non-addictive levels to make cigarettes, combustible cigarettes, less attractive 
At the same time that we removed some of the flavors from the combustible tobacco, principally menthol, um, hope, with the hope that combustible tobacco could no longer uh, sustain addiction. And right. the plan was to try to open up avenues for non-combustible forms of nicotine delivery for adults who still wanted to enjoy satisfying levels of nicotine. So we created an effort to try to get more medicinal nicotine products onto the market, different formulations that could be more attractive to currently addicted adult smokers, but also put the, the electronic nicotine delivery systems like e-cigarettes through an appropriate series of regulatory gates to make sure they were appropriately regulated, they weren't getting into the hands of kids, and they offered an alternative to adults. Because remember, it's the products of combustion that cause all the death and disease from tobacco, right. not the nicotine itself. So... You're in favor of what's happening now, or, or are you, it's a step too far, bridge too far? Well, no, I, the plan, what they're doing right now is following the framework of what we put forward in the summer of 2017, but it was a multi-part plan to regulate nicotine in the combustible products, but open up avenues for the non-combustible products. They've done that. They've, they've authorized three different um, ENDS products, three different e-cigarettes, views from RJR and Joy, um, as well as Logic, which is the product from J Japan Tobacco. Now... There's a lot to take in there. Let's go through it. The combustible cigarette is what you know as a Marlboro, right? That, 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 that's a cigarette, and that's something they've been going after for a while to reduce the nicotine levels because they want to reduce the addictive nature of it. But you hear him admit that it is not the nicotine that is so much the health issue as all the other things within the combustible cigarette. Now he gets into a conversation about Juul. And it is with this, specifically this e-cigarette, although other e-cigarettes get to stay on the market, it is this that I get the, I, I take the most objection. Juul may be denied. I think the issue with the Juul device is whether or not the FDA is going to consider the legacy of youth addiction with that product and the fact that it was inappropriately marketed to children uh, and became the fulcrum of the youth addiction crisis with vaping. Their legacy? If somebody markets to children, you can hit them with a fine for marketing to children. You're not going to get that much of an argument from me. Their legacy means they can't be a legal product based on other legal products in the United States? Coca-Cola had freaking cocaine in it, people! Cocaine! The legacy of the product? Holy hell. I just want to discuss how right I was about Scott Gottlieb. Unless that's not his personal opinion, he's just engaged in where he thinks the FDA will be. You want to talk about how badly I want to do away with the agency class in America? Here you go. What kind of madness, nonsense, insanity is this? the the legacy we 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 do play in the upside down and the more i look at it there there's no arguments here that makes any sense at all none i will tell you i'm absolutely concerned that people are going to try and have this bleed over into other areas very concerned for the cigar market keep it here i'm tony katz